0: the market is exploding. Like it's just a great time to get engaged and to build a practice around low code in general. And Microsoft is really well positioned compared to our our competitors just in that space. But the real deal, and the second thing I say is how it becomes part of the
1: broader Microsoft practice. Welcome to the Microsoft Cloud Executive Enablement Series where we speak with Microsoft Cloud senior leaders and experts about the latest trends in technologies we're seeing in the market. The goal of this series is to share with you and your teams our perspective on the business value driven by the Microsoft Cloud for our mutual customers and the opportunities for our partners to grow their business with Microsoft.
2: Hi, I'm Tom O'Reilly. I'm your host for today's episode about the Microsoft Power Platform. I'm going to be joined today by Toby Bowers, who's the General Manager of Product Marketing. He leads our team about our go-to-market strategy, and he helps our customers and partners understand how they can make the most out of building custom apps and analyzing data. Toby, thanks so much for joining me today. And To start out with, maybe tell me a little bit about your background and how you came to be in this role with Microsoft.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Tom. And first of all, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about the Power Platform. Uh, but I've been at Microsoft for more than 20 years, lots of different roles all around the world, uh, sales and marketing and operations. I actually had the chance to work on all three of our major cloud transformations back to the early days of Office 365 through to the, the rise of Azure. And for the last few years, I've been working on the Dynamics 365 and Power Platform portfolio. So it's been really fun to be a part of all three
2: of those. Fantastic. Well, let's get straight into it. Power Platform, what makes up the Power Platform? How should I think about it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. For those who may not be uh, familiar, the Power Platform is made up of five products. Power BI, first of all, is the most used self-service BI tool in the world, consistently been the runaway leader in Gartner MQs for years. Power Apps is the second, now the most used low-code app platform in the world, and also the most used product in the Power Platform family. Power Automate is the automation platform of choice for many companies, covering both cloud automation and robotic process automation, or RPA. Power Virtual Agents make it easy to build chatbots or conversational experiences for our customers. And last but not least, our newest addition, Power Pages, which is an easy way to build websites on top of the Power Platform. And by the way, Tom, all of which are today and will continue to be enhanced with groundbreaking AI technologies in the future, which we're really excited about.
2: Yeah, I mean, our customers have been so familiar with the typical suite from Microsoft being Microsoft Office, where you combine that now with the Power Platform. When you combine these up, adding a Power Platform, what customer challenge is that Power Platform really looking to solve?
0: Well, let's talk about low-code specifically and how it's really helped customers of all shapes and sizes transform their, their business processes. You know, I think we're all well aware there's an incredible demand for digital solutions in general, but also the people that build them. Uh, in fact, you know, there's predicted to be 750 million new applications created by the year 2025. And that's more apps built over the last 40 years, Tom. And yet, even though we've seen a big acceleration in the pace of demand for developers to build those apps, there's still expected to be a shortfall of almost 4 million developers by the year 2025 as well. So really, the only way companies can address this gap is through low-code application development. In fact, you know, Gartner's predicting that more than 65% of all enterprise apps will be done with low-code by next year in 2024. So in just a very short period of time, companies are now looking at how to accelerate enterprise app development and low-code solutions are the answer.
2: Being a new space, when you're looking at sort of trying to figure out where the opportunities are, how do you think about sizing the market and what is the current size of the market and how do you see it growing?
0: Yeah, it's growing and it's it's growing fast as you said Tom, the automation and the cost savings that come with automation or enabling, you know, uh users across the entire organization to build their own tools, it's a great, you know, value proposition especially for CFOs and and COOs. Um but we've seen some pretty amazing adoption of the Power Platform over the last few years. It's only been out there for a few years in its entirety. Um 97% of Fortune 500 use it in at least some department. Uh, As I mentioned before, Power Apps is now the world's number one low-code platform. We did a survey with Morgan Stanley, a CIO survey that showed that they would choose Microsoft as their automation platform of choice. So we've really seen companies of all sizes uh, across all industries choosing Power Platform. But even with that, Tom, over the last um, few years, we're literally just scratching the surface on the opportunity we did some work to understand the, the total addressable market and, and next year alone, it'll be um, more than $22 billion. So really great opportunity for us and for our partners.
2: So Toby, you know, i have uh, not the most technical man in the world, I, I love my Excel, I love my macros, but if I'm talking to a CEO rather than necessarily the CTO or the CIO of a company, how do I describe what low-code actually is? Yeah, it's a great question.
0: Um, I'm not technical either, by the way. I'm <laughs> not an engineer. Um, I think, you know, the example I use is actually around automation. Um, and every single CEO, you know, has some, you know, example across the business where they've got resources focused on a manual process, whether it's on, you know, in a, in a knowledge worker or some other scenario. And what Power Automate can do um, to drive that automation um, and do it smartly and do it, you know, with AI technologies, I think that's an easy one to sort of articulate the value to, uh, to a CEO. Um, the other one is Power BI. You know, a lot of CEOs, you know, will use ad- executive dashboards to, you know, look at their business and are, you know, even familiar with, um, you know, business intelligence dashboards. Nine times out of 10, it will be Power BI <laughs> and sort of sort of bridge from Power BI to some of the other uh, solutions, be it Power Automate or, or Power Apps, um, I've been successful in having those types of conversations with less less technical people. So yeah, that's 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 what I've seen.
2: Being in new space, automation's been around for a little while, but I've, I feel like the packaging of of this all coming together makes this a pretty unique offering. I mean, how is it different to anything else that's been brought to market to this point?
0: Yeah, I think when I talk to customers or or partners about what makes Microsoft's value proposition different is how we have all of this under one roof, not only the power platform, but the broader, you know, Microsoft cloud. And so it really is complete. It's, It's comprehensive. It's been it's been recognized. The thing about. Power platform that we talk a lot to customers about is it's really based on, you know, the idea of enabling everybody, any any type of role. You've got project managers, data analysts, HR reps, IT admins, frontline workers, you name it. Anyone can really learn quickly how to use these tools and put it to work in their particular role. So we kind of like to think it's akin to the original personal computing revolution, you know, and that's really you know, in thanks to the extensive reach of the platform, the connectors that we have in place so that we can connect to all types of you know, internal and external data sources, um, but I always like to, I always love to give you customer examples, Tom. And so we've got we've got so many great you know customer stories. But one of my favorites is Shell, um, and a great example of what we call the global citizen developer. They did a, a project called the DIY project or do it yourself um, project, and they've actually enabled more than four thousand of their employees, four thousand citizen developers, as we call it. Uh, through a governance model with a centralized center of excellence to actually enable and and train these people with coaches as well. They have hundreds of DIY coaches across uh, their business. And the results are pretty amazing. In the first year, 75 apps were created and they realized over 300 million in book savings across the business and 230 additional opportunities scheduled for the second year. And one app alone that someone created has generated over $3 million in savings. So as I said before, you know, in the in the economic environment, um, cutting costs across the business—that's a, a great example of of demonstrating just that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've 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 seen the agility that has been created in this. I mean, we've had a little thing called a pandemic, which has kind of disrupted a number of industries. Have you got any favorite stories that you've seen from customers and partners that have been forced to innovate quickly, and and this has you know enabled them to do so?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a kind of a, you know, it's a tough story in some cases, but back when the the pandemic uh, was first happening, we saw this explosion of use of, of Power Apps, especially just to, you know, sort of create, um, you know, crisis management applications, um, vaccine management that quickly sort of evolved into even, you know, return to work, return to school. So, you know, we've seen the the uptake and the demand evolve over the last few years, which have been pretty tough, tough on everybody. And now, as I said, you know, again, we're sort of facing some new economic headwinds. And so, you know, the ability to leverage low-code tools uh, with your existing resources, the ability to take costs out of the the workplace with automation tools, you know, when I talk to customers, those are a lot of the type of conversations that I'm having these days.
2: I mean, when you're talking to to customers, I mean, so much about what your role is in terms of go-to-market is really understanding what the customer is looking for. When you're, you know, in those senior leadership meetings with customers and so on, and you're looking for where they can get the most value from, from power platform. What are those questions that you ask? those leaders to see where they can get the most value fastest
0: yeah it's it's a great question Tom and, and it kind of depends a little bit on who you're talking to whether it's a you know a line of business business decision maker or, or a CIO you know we talk to a lot of, of CIOs about about low code uh, especially and they're you know they're really coming around to the to the concept when I you know we do a lot of executive briefings um, and when I sit with customers in this space, You know, I ask questions like, you know, how have your, how's your organization prepared to adapt to this hybrid works workplace? We're all sort of in different um, phases of that and low-code's a great opportunity there. Um, Looking at all the manual processes across your business, what could you automate if you didn't, you know, if you had the time and staff? Even just um, app development backlog, like asking what the, what the backlog is and how much of that could be accelerated with, with low code. And then, of course, you know, with, with Microsoft, we always talk a lot about trust and security. And so, you know, talking about the security of data and the governance of, of tools, including low code tools, those often are great conversation starters and generate some good opportunity.
2: A lot of our partners at the moment, you know, look at this and potentially go, What's in it for me, right? I mean, if, if, if the customer base is being empowered so much, then where's the space for me as a partner, uh, to go help them in this journey, right? If they can do it themselves, what do they need me for? If we're trying to help a partner think about what role they're going to play in, and, and create new revenue streams for themselves or, or be a center of excellence or create a new practice, how would you advise a partner to shape uh you know a practice around being able to enable customers to to use this power platform yeah it's we've been spending a lot of
0: time and and with with our partners on on just this and making sure we're building the right you know um guidance and, and programs to support i think before i talk about the partner opportunity tom there's there's kind of two key sales scenarios that we see just as far as our direct um you know engagement as microsoft that i'd love to you know make sure partners understand one is you know thinking about again customers using the microsoft cloud today whether it's customers using Azure, whether it's customers using Microsoft 365 or Teams, We've seen a lot of success in the enterprise in large enterprise-wide deployments of low-code solutions. Um, and in fact, we've added low-code to our uh, Microsoft Azure commit to consume uh, vehicles. So customers can, or Mac as it's belovedly known. So customers can actually draw down their Mac uh, using the Power Platform. We're also seeing a lot of modern workplace customers or modern work customers when they're you know at a renewal, thinking about how they can add low-code uh, solutions to that to take advantage of the integration across Microsoft 365 and and Teams. So that's one scenario. The other scenario we see and why we we closely put Power Platform and and Dynamics 365 together is that we see a lot of BDMs, whether it's CFOs or COOs who are driving migration of legacy on-prem systems, either ERP systems, even CRM systems, believe it or not, migrating to the cloud. And when they do that, they can not only migrate, but they can modernize with low-code around that. Again, taking all those old manual business processes and digitizing them with with low-code tools. So again, really taking both taking advantage of that broader Microsoft Cloud value proposition. We recently published a a report, Partner Opportunity for Biz Apps, um, Total Economic uh, Report, and what we found and what we always like to look at is for every dollar spent on licensing for biz apps, partners on average see about $13 in, in services revenue. Um, now that's all up. And so that's a lot of that comes from implementation and deployment, um, which continue to be a big area of opportunity. But Power Platform specifically provides partners with sort of a new fast growing revenue stream that we've seen that again, can either be attached to Dynamics opportunities for our, our great Dynamics partners or sold you know, as a standalone uh, solution. And, you know, over these three years, we saw revenue from Power Platform with our partners growing fast. It was in fact, it was more than 45% annually. So, um, you know, there's a lot of practice building going on, Tom, you know, things like um, the activities I see are things like assessments and visioning, application customization, a lot of work around post-sales adoption services. Um, So things like that, we're really seeing the partner ecosystem rally around the, the opportunity.
2: In terms of that, if I'm a CIO, one of the things that maybe I get a little bit worried about is an explosion of apps and trying to keep control of that around my my business and my business estate. Have you seen any best practices uh, around you know how to you know empower the innovation but still be able to maintain that sort of corporate control of you know go, you know good governance and all the things that that go into a well you know, managed business.
0: Yeah, I have this conversation all the time, Tom, um, especially with CIOs or or IT folks. You know, when we get the chance to there's there's I'll say there's been some fear out there, like you know the sprawl of all of these thousands and thousands of apps. How do I govern that? To your point, how do I make sure they're all secure? One of the things we just released was managed environments for our low code solutions, um, and this has really helped with the conversation with with CIOs uh, specifically. You know, again, just with so many apps, they want to make sure it's secure. They want to make sure it's, it's scalable. So this new managed environment capability that we released, um, it enables that ability to govern, make sure they're safe for the entire organization, gives the IT department visibility, more control, less effort to manage. So we're excited about that. And I've seen a real um, sort of change in, in perspective, um, you know, with the CIO and with the CIO's office. And we'll continue to invest in that, you know, again, just to make sure that we're sort of serving those needs and addressing any concerns.
2: We spoke a little bit earlier about, you know, Dynamics 365 sitting alongside of this. Obviously it sits very closely with the, the Office suite. Is there other, you know, sort of logical adjacencies where where customers are seeing value of adopting the full, you know, suite of products from Microsoft?
0: So there's a great integration uh, opportunity between uh, Teams and Power Apps. And then on the Azure side, you know, as customers are continuing to migrate, you know, from on-prem to the cloud, as they're migrating, we see a lot of modernization opportunities. So if you're you know, lifting and shifting half your estate, there's got to be some low code in there, and there's a real interesting value proposition with Power Apps, uh, Power Automate. Um, Power BI, of course, with our data and AI uh, business um, coming together with Azure, with Azure Synapse presents a great um, cross solution area opportunity. And then I'm really excited where we're going to go in the future with just more and more integration of AI technologies, GPT technologies. Just last week, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, we announced our, our new Viva sales capabilities with, with GPT and how emails can be automated for a seller. You'll see more and more of that come, including in the, the power platform space. If you think about, you know, prompting instead of programming flows and, and low code tools. So, um, so I think that'll be a really compelling event for our customers as well.
2: I mean, whether it be within a specific industry you want to call out or, or across a couple of industries, have you seen a, a crawl, walk, run sort of phase or, you know, as, 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 as partners or customers start using it, you know, what's, what's, what sort of problems do they attack first? And then, you know, build up that momentum before they start tackling some of the bigger problems, or are they just diving straight in?
0: Yeah, it's really pretty fascinating to watch. They're kind of diving straight in, you know, and, and again, we even talked about it, but as the world has evolved, they've evolved how they've used some of these tools from, again, crisis management to hybrid work to, to, to economic headwinds. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of it. I mean, there's so much you can do with these tools that it can evolve over time. Um, that kind of comes back to that, you know, that enterprise wide coverage model that I talked about. Like if the, if the enterprise is licensed for these tools, things can be developed that become ingrained in their enterprise app, you know, strategy. But then you also have the flexibility to quickly, you know, and, you know, in an agile way, take advantage of opportunities or, or help with with challenges with these tools as well. And it really is to your question, it's kind of across all industries. We haven't, you know, we've seen it in financial services. Of course, we've seen it in healthcare. We're even seeing it down into SMB. There are specific patterns that we're starting to see uh, small and medium business customers take advantage of the low code tools for as well.
2: I mean, over the last couple of years, we've seen IT's roadmap be influenced and changed from, you know, traditional software waterfall to, you know, moving to agile, what impact has low code and power platform had to the traditional, uh, IT roadmap that a lot of customers or partners are so familiar with working in?
0: Yeah. I and, and short answer is it's, it's, it's sped it up. Right. Um, I mean, just the the ability. I talked about that application backlog before, and the the shortage of developers we have. If you spread the love, so to speak, and put those tools in you know a greater number of people's hands, it's just going to speed things up. In fact, I've, I was talking to a CIO the other day, and the in a in an executive briefing and he's actually hired four or five people from different you know departments across the business who got access to these tools and loved it and they said, hey, I want a career in it so you know can I come over to the it department we're seeing a lot of that that cross-pollination in a lot of the large
2: enterprise you know for these low code apps that that are being generated you know are these enterprise ready and robust are these taking or being seen as a you know, kind of second-class citizen to a you know managed IT enterprise app. But, you know, can they perform in the long term uh, as a, a fully-fledged enterprise tool?
0: Yeah, they they really can. You know, if you're talking to a professional developer, an account, you know, there's sort of a sometimes a you know a perspective that they have on low-code or, or no-code tools. But again, back to that integration across the Microsoft Cloud, what what you can do with Azure from a dev perspective. Combined with what you can do with low code to apply them in different ways across the organization, and again, you know, wrap it all up in a in a Mac that that you know a customer can purchase and, and flex on to do both pro dev and low code. Um, so to the audience, I think we do a lot of education to make sure that pro devs understand what the opportunity is. In addition to those, you know, those line of business leaders, frankly, who have those citizen developers. But again, if you're having a conversation with a CIO, you put the entire Microsoft Cloud out on the table and, you know, obviously it's all underpinned with the same, you know, sort of security and and, and approach to trust and, and governance. And again, it's a pretty pretty compelling value prop. It's tough for our competitors
2: to match really, tough. We were talking a little bit before about some of these legacy migrations. So many of our customers and partners, you know, if it was easy, they've moved it already. We're often finding now some of these, you know, these these massive old legacy systems. Often they might have some mainframe hooks, um, but you know, old systems, lots and lots and lots of intertwined interdependencies, all sorts of different things that you know can go on there that make it really challenging to get you know apps across or migrated to the cloud. How's Power Apps really influencing that part of the migration story?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great one. I see this all the time, mostly on the ERP side. Like a lot of customers are still going through a migration strategy, Tom, to your point of their ERP systems, which are like, you know, the heart and lungs of a company. So it's not taken lightly. It's a long sales cycle. It's a lengthy implementation. Um, that has to come first. But once the customer has decided to migrate their ERP system to the cloud, that's an awesome opportunity to have a conversation around low code. Because what low code does is it help fill, it help fills the gaps around that cloud ERP system. What would have historically been done with paper or even manual based things on the on-prem side, you can use power apps. You can use power automate. So I call it sort of a migrate and modernize approach. But it's really got to be that decision first to migrate. And once you do that, unlocks a whole opportunity for, for low-code, I, I think.
2: And I mean, for some of those, you know, partner leaders that, that when you're talking to them and, you know, you might have a two or three minutes with them and you're trying to leave them just with two or three things as, as, you know, those thought-provoking things to say, why should they build a practice around Power Platform? What are those two or three things that you're telling them is like, this is why you build this, this practice or this new part of your business around Power Platform?
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's two things. One, the market is exploding. Like it's just a great time to get engaged and to build a practice around low code in general. And Microsoft is really well positioned compared to our, our competitors just in that space. But the real deal, and the second thing I say is how it becomes part of the broader Microsoft practice. It kind of enhances and adds value again to a practice around infrastructure, data and AI, or business applications, or modern workplace. Um, so it's not sort of on its own and independent, but it really adds value to their existing practices. And it's really pretty easy to, to, you know, get up to speed as well. We've got a, we've got a bunch of, um, assets and, and content, um, and sort of practice building resources that we've built for partners. And we've got a certification strategy. It ties back to our, our Microsoft cloud partner program. Um, so we've seen the rapid um, adoption of a lot of these resources and, you know, pretty impressive growth of practices.
2: And uh, I mean, speaking of which, I mean, so what does the, what does a center of excellence inside a partner or a customer look like? I mean, you mentioned the Shell uh, example earlier, that that sort of formed that center of excellence around, you know, generating innovation and cost savings uh, uh, as sort of maybe their North Star. But have you seen a uh, you know, a, a best practices around what a COE, you know, center of excellence looks like around Power Platform.
0: Yeah, I have. And, you know, and I think the the partner team has a lot of these great examples as well. We've seen a lot of our large SIs do just that, build build a center of excellence. Um, we've invested pretty deeply in technical enablement around that, as well as, you know, the evolving uh, business scenarios that that we see. It is, I'll say, Tom, it is so big and broad. Like, I do feel like there's so much opportunity for partners to focus on um, or perhaps target, but that's definitely the right approach. Building a COE, finding the right scenarios, rinse and repeat. There's lots of opportunity out there.
2: And, I mean, are we seeing customers take the opportunity Given the power of something like Power Apps to do the, I'm not going to migrate it. I'm going to take the function. I'm actually going to just rebuild it, but or replatform it. Um, you know, is how much are we a, a customers feeling? that they now have the tools to do that.
0: I think, I think, um, what I've seen, Tom, I mean, they could, they could build their own CRM system with Power Apps, but the integration that we actually have between a product like Dynamics 365 sales and Power Apps or Viva sales and Power Apps, um, or even back on the ERP side, we have a great. SMB product called Business Central that partners are really rallying around to do low code solutions. I think that better together story lands well than roll your own sometimes because then you've got to make sure it's updated, you got to make sure it's governed. Um, so I think the combination of our SaaS business applications together with low code is a is a winning
2: bet. So Toby, before we finish up, you know this space is obviously evolving very quickly. There's been a ton of innovation to this point. What are you most excited about what are you thinking is going to be the big changes and innovations that we're going to see coming into the power platform over the next you know 6 to 12 months
0: bet you can guess my answer Tom <laughs> and it's going to be related to AI I mentioned previously the the announcement we made with Viva Sales and GPT technologies integrated to help sellers automate their emails you'll continue to see announcements and innovations, especially in the low-code space, taking advantage of this groundbreaking AI technology. And it definitely is the thing I'm most excited about.
2: So, Toby, thanks again for spending some time with us to tell us uh, more about the Power Platform. I've I've learned a bunch about it. There's obviously a a huge amount of innovation and and empowerment that's happening with all sorts of different citizen developers, power users, and everything else uh, in between. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for having me, Tom. Anytime. I really appreciate the opportunity to join you. And I'm very, very excited about the opportunity we have with our partners in this space.
2: So that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us to learn more about the Power Platform.
1: And that wraps up today's episode. Don't forget that this episode is a part of a series featuring some of our most experienced and innovative global executives, packed full of great insights and examples of how to make the most out of working alongside Microsoft. If you haven't already, make sure to check out our other episodes. No matter your industry or area of focus, the Microsoft Global Partner Enablement Team is here to enable you and your teams to achieve more. If you want to watch this episode, it's also available as a video. If there's an area of cloud innovation you'd like to hear more about, please send us a note at salesenablement-gsi at microsoft.com so that we can create content that meets your enablement needs. Thank you for listening, thank you for engaging with us, and thank you for being a Microsoft partner. We'll see you on the next episode of the Microsoft Cloud Executive Enablement Series.